guys. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast. It It has been a hot minute. (laughs) Whoops. Um, Quick explanation into that. Just real quick. I'll keep it brief. I had a family situation. Um, So I just couldn't. (laughs) Simple as that. It was kind of weird. Yeah. May was a little bit of a weird month. Um, but here we are. We're back. <laughs> and we're going um, to post more regularly. We yeah. promise. I know we said that before, but, you know, things happen. Life happens. <laughs> Move on. Um, it's okay. Our seven best friends won't be mad. <laughs> um, also, before we get into it, we're both um, still recording on AirPods because um, that's just, it's just the vibe for today. Um, I, don't, anyway, I so, don't even know if I have a mic in my house. I need to figure that yeah, out. Anyway. Yeah, it, it's whatever. Happy Pride Month. Oh, yeah. Happy Pride Month. Today, we're talking about being queer. But before we get into it, um, let's do our three things. All right. Did you think of any things? Okay, wait. So, something you... of the week. Pause, a high of yes. the week. Okay, so yeah. yesterday, I was babysitting the kids I'm nannying this summer, and... <laughs> Maya already knows um, we, like, <laughs> <It's the cutest laughs> we made a bucket list um summer bucket list and we decorated it and we like pasted it in the craft cupboard so we can check off and they had come up with like the first six or whatever and number five was teach Libby Minecraft because so I mentioned to them that I bought Minecraft on my Nintendo Switch because I remembered that they played it all the time and I've never played it I like mentioned it the first time I babysat them this year. And apparently they were like begging their mom to text me to tell Libby to bring her switch so we can teach her. Um, and so their dad so comes cute. home. I love kids. Their dad comes home. I mean, they're 12 and eight. So they're just like older too. And just thinking like this and it's so, they're so sweet. Anyway, their dad comes home and I show him the list and he's like, Oh, how's that number five? That should be number one. They haven't stopped talking about it. And Uh I got really excited and I made like a whole list of like stuff to do. Like what this is, you'll find this cool. What I'm going to do with them is I'm going to get like a Kodak disposable camera for each of us. So each thing we do, we can take pictures and I'll get it set out. That's so cute. And get doubles. The fun babysitter. Yeah. I'm going to get doubles so I can make a scrapbook for me and a scrapbook for them. Aww. Oh, that's the cutest thing ever. I miss babysitting. I love babysitting. I'm babysitting actually this weekend or on Monday, I think, um, because I didn't at all last summer. So that's so fun. Well, um, uh, positive for my week. Um, the library where I work is back open again, and it's so vibrant. And it's so fun that there are like people coming into the library and I work in the youth department. I don't know if I'm giving away too much information, but whatever. Um, And so the kids come in and they're all looking for books and it's just like the happiest, cutest thing ever. Um, I love working at the library. That's my positive for the week. Um, And I guess going off of that, something I'm consuming. um, I just finished this book, which is kind of on like sort of relevant to what we're talking about today called perfect on paper, which is something I got recommended on TikTok. I'm trying to read a lot more queer literature. Um, this one, uh, it definitely, the main character was bisexual and it did talk about like biphobia and stuff, which is good. But, um, other than that, not as much, but anyway, it was a pretty good book. 
And I've been reading all the Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows books. I finished all those. Definitely would recommend them. But yeah, that's what I just finished consuming. <laughs> what about you? Um, I'm still reading The Song of Achilles. It's taking me a while, guys. But I really like it. Yeah. Um, another. I just I finished that on Wednesday. book. Um, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. You guys I have to read it. It definitely so lives up to the hype. Good. And like for me, I was always really into Greek mythology and like Greek legends and stuff. So I'm like loving it. Like yeah, I knew so that good. you would love it because um, mm-hmm. And then the other thing, obviously, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, oh God, of course. Wait, okay. That, what are your top three? Okay, wait. I made a tier list just for situations like this. Um, oh, good. <laughs> I think num- right now it, it changes, but um, Trader is number one, and I, you yeah. know exactly why. <laughs> <laughs> one step forward, three steps back, um, which is sampled like the piano sampled from New Year's Day by Taylor Swift, because that's one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Enough for You, Good for You, and Jealousy, Jealousy are my top five. Uh, jealousy, jealousy. Anyone who doesn't like that song, I don't want to talk to you. That song is it's so good. It's okay, so good. I, I the first time I listened to it, I was like, "Brutal, this isn't I, this isn't good for me." That is my top song, and I'm 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 a little nervous. It's going to be my top song of this year, <laughs> but so good. Um, we'll have to see. So yeah, my top three are definitely because I've been in a more upbeat music mood. If if it was another season, maybe these would be different. But my top three are brutal. Jealousy, jealousy, and good for you. Like, 100%. Good for you. Um, so good. But I also love favorite crime. I mean, oh, I yeah. love them all. Except for driver's license, because I've heard it too many times. <laughs> yeah, no. I love all of them, and all of them kind of switch around. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. I just wish the album was longer. Deja Vu and driver's license stay on the bottom, just because I've heard them so much. Doesn't mean they're yeah, bad I love songs. them when they first came out, but I, they've been overplayed for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and then what's the final thing? Something that you're like excited about or looking forward to. Is that what it is? What is that wait, is that what it was? What was it? Something positive. Something, something you're obsessed with. Oh, something that's obsessed. what it is. <laughs> Guys, it's been too long. <laughs> um I'm obsessed with my crystal. <laughs> with my crystals um i started meditating with them too and that's been really nice mm-hmm. um i need to get crystals i yeah. want to get into more the spiritual side of yoga it's so nice i just now i ha- I just got four more um but <laughs> i also have like incense set up i cleanse them i have my moon water i don't know i'm vibing with that i like picked up a few hobbies since the breakup and that's one of them um also painting my nails and you know I stopped painting my nails for so long, but now I'm doing it. Yeah, that, I need so. to do it, but I can't because I'm always taking care of my puppy. Um, I can't be obsessed with my puppy because <laughs> I've already said that. Um, what am I obsessed with right now? Oh, I got these. Um, okay, wait, two two food things I'll say. One of them, outshine mango bars, which I forgot. I forgot how good they were. In high school, I used to buy popsicles and leave them in my um, favorite teacher's freezer. And um, I forgot how good Outshine bars were. They're just, oh my God, they're so good. And Gardein made a new chicken nugget. They're um, 
they're like regular chicken tenders are my favorite. Like I always have a big bag of them in my freezer because I use them all the time. But these ones are like the ultimate chicken nugget and they taste like chicken nuggets, except for I haven't had chicken nuggets in like a long time. So I don't know if they taste exactly like chicken nuggets, but they taste like what I remember chicken nuggets tasting like. And they're very good, even though the bag was like $8 for like maybe 10 of them. (laughs) But uh, worth it to try at least. So those are things that I'm obsessed with right now. All right. Are we ready to get into the meat of the episode? Yeah. Also, fair warning, everyone. I woke up right before this. So if I woke I'm up at seven, weird, which so. is late because well, I woke up at eight and then I was like, no, I'm not doing that today. I've been, <laughs> Cause like I would wake up at like seven or eight every single morning, but I just wanted to sleep later today. But then that kicked me in my room booty because now I feel gross. Also, <laughs> what are we drinking right now? I'm drinking orange juice. I go through orange juice phases and right now I'm in an orange juice phase. I saw Lib's orange juice and also poured myself a glass. I had, it's a little bit of like the end of the orange mango juice that's in my fridge. Delicious. It's so good. It's very good. I get pulp free because I don't want to chew my drinks. Who drinks pulp orange juice? I know that's someone disgusting. who does. It's insane. I don't, anyway, the meat of the episode. <laughs> well, I guess, okay. We'll start with how we identify and yeah, why that's a we good feel idea. like we can talk about this. Um, I well, identify, you have qualifications. You have my qualifications. Um, <laughs> I'm bisexual and I'm also genderqueer. I finally figured out which one to call myself. Because to based be honest, on the flag or based on... <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll tell them. But is it, because there's so many different terms for like non-binary identities um there's like gender fluid gender queer gender non-conforming gender um agender polygender like it's it's too much for me to figure out i didn't realize there was that i always like was like gender fluid gender queer gender non-conforming were like what i would interchange and then i was buying like i was thinking about buying pride bikes I was looking at the pride flags and I was like, the gender queer one's like kind of cute though. <laughs> it is really pretty. It's the best pride flag. It's lavender, white, it and is the best one. green. Um, but also just like the very specific definition of, I'll actually bring it up. It has like the definition just like makes more sense to me. Um, so like, Uh, gender queer is gender identity that's built around the term queer to be queer is to exist in a way that may not align with heterosexual or homosexual norms. Although it's typically used to describe a person's sexual orientation, it can also be used to express non-binary gender identity. So it's just like, you know, there. Um, also going off of that, pronouns, I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. I put three in my bio, she, they, he, because I have no strong connection to them, but we'll get more into why I do that in our next episode where I'm going to talk about yeah. this more. Because it's next a lot episode will be Libby interview. Libby interview um, gender. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll title it. Um, okay, I identify also as bisexual, but also as pansexual or queer. I don't really. I feel like no, I identify with all of them. 
I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter. I yeah. I feel like um I Whatever don't make people most mad. <laughs> I feel like I identify closest with the definition of being the definition of being pan, but also it falls under the bi umbrella, so I don't really. It's like the same to me. So, yeah, that's how I identify. Just that's a recent development flag. for me, too. Is it based <laughs> just on the flag? <laughs> take the flag. No, I like I the, the genderqueer flag the <laughs> best. Maybe. <laughs> no, um, no. But, yeah, having multiple identities is like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really like, tie, I don't feel tied down to a specific label, but it also is like nice to pick a label because then you can like identify with the community which is something Mm -hmm. i'm learning recently so yeah that's where i'm at with it um well do you want to get into like how you realized or like how you like your process of figuring out your sexuality um yeah sure um i didn't know gay was a thing until i was like 11 and it's not because really it's not my parents' fault at all. It's just like, I wasn't really exposed to it that much. And I know we had, I think we had gay friends or like family members or I something. Don't know when I found I out either. It didn't click in my brain what was going on. So one day in mm-hmm. my theater um, group, I met my director's husband and like, I just thought they were friends or something. <laughs> And I go back and I go back and I'm like 10 or something. And I go to the older girls and it was like ages like 8 to 14, just for context. And I go, did you guys know that, I'm not going to post your real name, that Jimmy has a husband? And they were like, yeah, Libby, that's normal. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. And then that was it. But that's just like... When I first realized it was a thing, I can pinpoint times before that where I definitely was engaging in <laughs> like homo romantic. Oh my god! Do you hear the honking in the background? No, not at all. Sorry. Literally they're they're giving us support. <laughs> um, sorry. Anyway, I can pinpoint times before that where I was like having feelings towards. Um, same sex friends and stuff like I had this one friend who I now know I was just like in love with um, but I thought she was so cool I was like she's so cool she's so talented she's so pretty I just want to be her and you hear that a lot um, with um, women love women is like they think that oh I just want to be her I want to be your friend Um, we used to kiss on the lips I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. We used to kiss on the lips. And then one time on the bus, an older boy saw us kiss on the lips. And then the whole bus made fun of us. And she cried. And then oh we God. never did it again. Oh and I, I didn't realize that, but that was homophobia. I didn't know. <laughs> I, was like, I was like seven or you eight. Even... Like imagine like, oh a God, year, like an 11 or 12 Go year old, off. like yelling at like, like being homophobic towards like seven oh year old. Um, anyway, it was on our way to our art class, but that's besides the point. Um, and then I just I don't know I think it really started to hit in high school because I just feel like I lived like such a sheltered life and then I started becoming more liberal and you know there's like obviously an overlap with that and Mm -hmm. I was in theater I was in dance I like you know I was around LGBTQ all the time um Mm -hmm. and I in high school 
really started questioning it because I was like, you know, because I, because when you're bi or pan or, you know, attracted to multiple genders, um, it gets to the point where you kind of like shut yourself into the straightness and you just don't yeah. think about it because I was like, Oh, yeah. I like boys. I like boys. And that okay. was fine with me. And there weren't any girls or boys I was interested in at my school. So it wasn't really like clicking at all. Mm-hmm. I feel the um, same way. I got outed at a party though, um, by an ex friend. Um, cause I was trying to, at that point I was saying I was sexually fluid, which is a valid identity by the way, but people don't take it seriously. So she mm-hmm. said something like, what does that mean? Duh, duh, really loudly. And is that like, our mutual friends like birthday party and so I had to come out to everyone there and then I was mm-hmm. like really like it, I was forced to come out and I think I ignore that a lot because I think that's why I still have issues like yeah coming to terms with my sexuality because it wasn't like something I was ready to tell everyone when I did mm-hmm. and then you know a girl transferred to my school who was queer and that was the first time I met like a queer girl and like it was like kind of like I fell fell for her out of circumstance and then that became Mm -hmm. messy because she was in my friend group it's just like a lot going on um and then another girl transferred and I was talking to her about it because she said she was bi but I think she just was one of those people who says it just to like engage in sexual activity Hmm. um she's not I don't think she's actually bi based on what she told me and then she went in front of her boyfriend at the time who is a blabbermouth <laughs> like known to be a blabbermouth goes well Libby it sounds like you've never had a good experience with a guy or like you've never dated a guy I think you're just a lesbian in denial hmm. that went around uh got called the D slur yeah, and you went to a small school I went to a catholic school also so mm-hmm. that didn't help um, and like, I still go through periods of time where I'm like, I'm straight or I'm like right now I'm like, am I a lesbian? But I know at the end of the I day, I feel like that, yeah, <laughs> that I'm bi and I'm just like having like stronger feelings towards different genders at different times and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think especially, uh, I don't know, I don't really want to talk too much about like, my family's reaction to it because it wasn't like noteworthy really mm-hmm. it wasn't like um you know you see on tiktok or other on youtube like oh my gosh let's pull let's like throw you a coming out party like i didn't want that first of all but it wasn't like mm-hmm. that sort of reaction but i mean i also feel like there wasn't a huge like strong acknowledgement of it um mm-hmm. and i think that kind of affected the way I viewed it because I have issues with you know maybe it's what's what's it called like you know like you think you're a fraud all the time imposter syndrome. oh imposter syndrome um, I just constantly think yep. I'm faking it and so mm-hmm. it, it gets complicated but it's still a process you know coming to terms with it um especially when you aren't surrounded by a ton of queer people all the time yeah so yeah yeah um but should i get into the gender or should i just wait until next episode no we can talk about that in the next episode 
Okay. I think for me, I had, I think it's like not even until middle school that I was able to define having a crush on guys at all. I, I just like didn't like, I obviously I knew what it was, but I just like for myself, I was like, I don't really know what that feels like. And so that me not being able to understand my own feelings, um, made it take a while for me to understand and like label my sexuality. But through like the end of high school, I had more and more friends come. I have a lot of friends that are queer. Like majority of my friends are, I think. We tend to flock. Um, what'd you say? We tend to flock together. I remember when you said you came out to your friends as like slowly one, like my after the other group coming out. Yeah. High was, it came out as queer. There was capacity. one point where like somebody, I like knew about three different people who were queer, but they hadn't told me, but somebody else told me. And I was just like sitting around waiting for them to tell me, but like none of them ever actually did. Like it wasn't actually like a big deal for them. And now that I am like sort of like, I'm still coming out to people. I haven't really told that many people, um, but I don't want it to be a big deal. So I kind of understand where they're coming from with that. Anyway, at the end of high school, I was kind of like, I am open to being with a girl, whatever I would, I, if the opportunity presented itself, I would jump on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, whatever, maybe in college, who knows, who knows. And, um, I never really liked the idea of labeling myself as straight because I knew that I wasn't, if that was something that I was like open to, but I also didn't really like, I hadn't experimented at all. I had like, I've had like one boyfriend. We like didn't really even kiss that much. So like, I, I've never really like, I don't know. Um, and I still kind of struggle with that a little bit today because I like, like you said, I'm like, what if I, what if I'm just a lesbian? <laughs> what if I'm just straight? Yeah. Who knows? We'll never know until I try, which hopefully will happen someday soon. Um, <laughs> given the pandemic is over soon enough, but yeah, I kind of went into college with that mentality, more of like questioning, but not really giving much thought about it because I didn't really care that much. Um, and also because at that point, like I had a lot of people in my life who identified as queer in like various forms. And so it wasn't like uncomfortable. Um, and I, yeah, it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't an abnormal thing for me. Um, but then nothing happened when I went to college. <laughs> and over um I think it's like over last summer with obviously with TikTok I'm very much on gay TikTok (laughs) and the more like exposure I got to different people and people talking about their sexuality and just like gorgeous people on TikTok Mm -hmm. I was like wait a second (laughs) something is a little bit fishy here (laughs) and I fruity (laughs) did you see wait I changed my Instagram bio I put just a bunch of fruit emojis in it because I wanted to do something subtle but also fun and anyway (laughs) I thought that was creative I love that (laughs) you heard it here first um yeah uh anyway so in my in uh, wait (laughs) in one of my classes last semester there was this girl that she's actually in two of my classes 
that I was kind of like, maybe I have a crush on this girl. And after a while, I was like, wait a second. And so then after that, I was like, okay, this is something concrete. I do have a crush on this girl. Now I can be like, okay, let's figure out what this means to label my sexuality. And for a couple months, I was just sort of like testing it out to myself. And eventually one day I texted Molly was the first person I told. I texted her and I was like, I have a crush on a girl. And she was like, oh my God, what? And she called me and we talked about it for a couple hours. And after that, I kind of like, I told a couple people, um, and and then I texted you and Brett and I like came out to basically everybody over text. I came out to my sister, um, like live, (laughs) live. I don't know. Um, and yeah, I really have not told that many people, but at the same time, I wish somebody would just do it for me because I, I haven't told my parents and I want them to know because like every time my, my mom or dad, my dad definitely knows, or like he's suspicious about it because he makes comments all the time about the fact that I drive a Subaru and, and that I wear bloodstones and like things like that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay like, calm down now. <laughs> uh, whatever. And like my mom, like probably wouldn't be surprised. And I know that they would not care at all, but I also don't want it to be a big deal. So yeah. I haven't told them yet. I also don't ever tell them about like feelings. Like the reason that I told my mom when I like was talking to my ex-boyfriend at first was because Kira made me. That's like the only, only thing I've ever told her about like my, any crush I've ever had. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I'm comfortable being called by pan queer. I'm comfortable identifying with all those. I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, you know, people who are straight definitely don't like the idea of being with a girl. So (laughs) whenever I question it, I come back to that one. But um, yeah, I guess that's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, Yeah, that's all. Okay. (laughs) Very good. Um, (laughs) Wait, I have something I do want to talk about. This is something I've been thinking about a little bit recently. The idea, because like the first few people that I came out to, I was um, just like sort of like spilling how I feel over Texas. Like, I don't really want to label it. I don't really care to label it. I don't know if I haven't like experimented with anything yet. And since then, that was in like last fall, like September, October. It was like October, November sometime, I think. Maybe November. I don't remember. Sometime around then. Um, And since then, I felt like I need to label it so that I can feel part of the community, but I'm not sure. How was I thinking about this the other day? I'm not sure if I am like feeling pressured to label it or if I like the idea of labeling it. I don't know if you feel that way at all. So I notice this a lot with queer celebrities as well. Um, Like for example, Harry Styles, Conan Gray, um, who are purposely ambiguous. They're purposely ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Everyone assumes mm-hmm. Conan is gay, but he's not. He's ambiguous. He's never come out. Mm-hmm. And now with Billie Eilish, and she just released that yeah. music video, and everyone's yep. like accusing her of queer baiting or saying, like, she better be queer. If not, I'm going to be so upset. Um, I feel like everyone has this, even like, not even just with celebrities, you see it more publicly with celebrities that everyone expects you to know yourself all the time 
And with things like yeah. gender and sexuality, it's such a complex thing for so many people and there's so many aspects to it that it's not okay to do that. And it's also not okay, like, for example, how people obsessively call Taylor Swift a lesbian, even though she's in a very happy relationship with a man. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like you can identify with her music. You can, like, you can, like, have those thoughts yourself, like, oh, she's a little maybe she's bi or something which I personally like yeah I think Taylor might be bi but until she comes out until she comes out it's like not okay to sit around and like question Mm -hmm. someone's sexuality or gender or like yeah now with this Billy thing like people are switching up on Billy so much I could talk about it for hours but Mm -hmm. specifically with this music video they're like she's queer baiting they really learn a word and they just like run with it like queer baiting is like when Walmart puts rainbow shit everywhere like that's queer baiting or like when straight people purposely like do one statement a year so people like them like queer baiting isn't like doing what that's happening a lot recently yeah so Mm -hmm. it's like queer baiting is performative that's what it is and I feel like anyway Mm -hmm. But I also think in terms of just labeling, there is so much pressure to label yourself and to come out. And coming out is traumatic in any capacity um, because you're just sitting there with yourself, asking yourself all these questions, like making yourself feel bad Mm -hmm. because you don't know or feel bad because Mm -hmm. maybe you have internalized homophobia or whatever. Absolutely, people's reactions really like affect that. And I guess we can like go into that. Like, I feel like people don't react the way they should, even if they are trying to be supportive. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know this is kind of like uh, going off of what you said, but I think that like one of the worst things you can say to someone is, Oh, I know. I knew. Yeah. It's not the cute little Yeah, I always knew you were, fruity sort of thing you think it is it's like very dismissive and invalidating because even if you had your suspicions like three years ago that person could have had no idea like yeah I've seen videos where people like you do why didn't you tell me (laughs) it's like stereotyping they're basing things off stereotypes and not everyone fits that perfect little gay stereotype box and I think it's really messed up Mm -hmm. to say that I also think it's messed up to be like well everyone's a little bi or something you know if someone's coming out as bisexual you can have your own opinions mm-hmm. about biology and like you know studies on human sexuality but if you're just saying that like when someone comes out as bi you're a piece of shit because it just like denies that they like told you this really big important you're thing. in denial if you're saying that like if yeah. you're saying that like <laughs> it's just not okay to yeah mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. I feel like because, yeah, I agree. I feel like because I haven't really like formally come out to a lot of people, I've gotten all like really positive reactions. And um, I, like after uh, all the people that I've told pretty much are queer and I'm like thinking back to times like when they had come out to me and I like, I always felt like I didn't really like, I didn't really know what to say 
Mm-hmm. But now like getting responses from everybody else, like most of my friends, you guys were all like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Congrats. Like, and I was like, oh wait, yeah, that is really exciting. Like, <laughs> thank you so much. But I like, I don't honestly remember what I had said to anybody that has come out to me before, but I feel like it was always like something that I was like, what am I, I going to say? No like when I knew those people, to me. which oh, is a good just thing. Kinda... I don't know. No, no, I'm saying oh, like, what, I, I came out to you. I specifically I do not remember, remember what you, you it me. was at the farmer's market, but I also remember you coming out to me. I was like, oh, it like wasn't a big deal. I think I said something like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, I don't really think that it was that big of a deal. I, I'm no. trying to remember people that had like the first person that like actually came out to me was, um, I'll bleep this out, was somebody from our middle school. She like wrote me a note or something. Oh, and then we that. were like best friends for a while. And it was, I was a little bit uncomfortable with it because I was like, does she have a crush on me? LOL, Maya. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I don't remember what I said. Like, I don't, uh, I don't think I ever said anything bad. Like I never said I knew I would never say something like that. Like, and I've like actively anytime I have like, Oh, I wonder if they're this, like if any time I have thoughts about like speculating about somebody's sexuality, I'm like, no, Maya, like you literally don't know. Like how, how do you know? And I try to like, like sometimes my parents will do it and I'll try to be like, well, you never know. Like, yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like there's like this, I, the idea that the only type of trauma you experience coming out is like if your parents kick you out of the house or call you in a, a slur. Mm-hmm. But it can be just traumatic to see people's opinions change of you so quickly, even like subtly, yeah. even if they don't, even if they are the most hyper woke liberal, their mm-hmm. opinions change and the way they treat you changes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so uncomfortable for me to talk about my attraction to girls with certain people in my life it's like very uncomfortable like I feel like it's like oh oh like stigma around it Mm -hmm. I've had people say to me (laughs) that I put myself on a pedestal for being bisexual for being queer and I think my opinion matters more than other people's because I'm LGBT they didn't even include the cues. Yeah, okay, but. well, the person who told you that had a lot of other problems. Yeah, so but I'm just saying, like, even, like, I her. was friends with them for so long, and it just never came up. And then, like, everything came out so quickly. And that's what's scary about being queer, is because some people are just so good at faking it, faking, like, comfort. And, like, yeah, there were red flags that I should have, like, seen, but... Mm-hmm even people like it's just just crazy like how much my life has changed since being like really open about my sexuality and my gender mm-hmm. like how much judgment is passed on to me by people because they don't agree with it <laughs> or they just are uncomfortable by it or they don't know anything they're just uneducated but they're like don't want to ask me questions so like, I think there needs to be more conversation about that, the little things that kind of build up. And then you're mm-hmm. sitting by yourself and you're like, wow, I don't think I'm going to be treated as like the same as their other friends because of mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I feel like for me, because I've 
I haven't really told anybody. I haven't really experienced much of that. But it definitely like one of uh, <laughs> danger of doing this as an episode of the podcast is like I I would feel bad if somebody found out and was offended that I wasn't the one that told them first. Um, which I don't really think is that like, I feel like I should, probably shouldn't be worried about that, but yeah, don't be worried about maybe that. Maybe I'll come out to my parents tonight. <laughs> See what happens. Um, you guys posted. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think that also, um, this is relevant in the book that I just read. Biphobia isn't something that people talk about as much as they should because it treated as a joke. Um, Mm -hmm. Personally, because internet discourse has watered everything down to like stupid things. But Mm -hmm. it's even just the fact that like, you know, I have friends who I genuinely enjoy being around, but there's so many stereotypes around bisexuals that they like play into like, Oh, hypersexual. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you're hanging out alone with my girlfriend. I'm jealous. Mm. They're going to listen to that. Yeah. I love you. But that's just like a stereotype. <laughs> you know, I'm not mad about it. It's just stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, when I'm in a straight relationship, I'm less queer because I'm straight passing, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, that doesn't take away from my queerness, especially considering when I was in a straight relationship, the other person was also bi. So that's mm-hmm. a pretty queer relationship if you <laughs> ask me. Um, mm-hmm. And just, I think the biggest one is like, you know, I've been on dating apps, straight men sucks, as we know. Um, oh, so you want a threesome? First thing off the bat every single time. Um, It's just so sexualized. And I'm not going to sit here and act like bisexual Mm -hmm. women or femme presenting people are the most sexualized, most fetishized people in the community. I think trans women are. Mm -hmm. I think women love women are just in general. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a certain experience that's different from being a lesbian versus a bisexual when mm-hmm. like men will jokingly, jokingly be like, Oh, threesome with a lesbian knowing they don't have chance. But with a mm-hmm. bi person, they like genuinely believe that that's going to happen. Or mm-hmm. I get in a relationship What my first relationship, the guy was obsessed with the fact that I was bisexual. And it just yeah, was like, it was so gross. Like, Mm-hmm. it's like things like that like even if you're not being like you're going to hell there's like this whole other mm-hmm. cultural sexualization around it mm-hmm. and it's like guess guess what um some bisexual people can also be on the asexual spectrum mm, you know like <laughs> it's, well, um, it's just unfortunate reality and I think it's also just mm-hmm. part of being a misogyny affected person. Um, but mm-hmm. that's what yeah, I think. I think another reason that it took me a while to, to come out and to like, to whatever, decide, not decide to understand my sexuality was because 
generally there isn't a lot of representation of like LGBTQ people in, in books, TV, movies, whatever. But I think that having bisexual characters in TV shows is also, or movies, is also diff- difficult because unless it spans like a long period of time and they're shown in a relationship with multiple like multiple different relationships with different people different genders it's not going to be obvious to the average viewer and or at they the just time a bisexual person in there for the sexual aspect yeah of the show yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah again, and then, i'm not asking like bisexuals are the most oppressed group i just think this needs to be talked about to some extent yeah how mm-hmm. representation with people who are attracted to multiple genders um, and and sexes isn't represented well. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Because for people who don't understand it and who don't really like, who don't live it, are like, oh, well, if they're in a relationship with a woman right now, then they're lesbian or if they're a female. If they're yeah. like, if they're, in a, you know, it, then then they're, they're moving to the straight side or whatever. Like if you're not, if you're if you're not like close with somebody who's bi or like have active conversations or if you are then it's difficult to understand and even like me watching that stuff sometimes i i have those thoughts because that's just like internalized homophobia so i think there's also a need for not only just a need for representation of gender queer people but also just bisexual people in relationships with non-binary and gender queer people because yeah. mm-hmm. one of the biggest talking points when you say oh pan is different than bi is well pan's attracted mm-hmm. to non-binary and trans people uh which no, is okay true. because well i mean yes it's true but it's not like the i thought it doesn't mean by only group that's attracted it's like mm-hmm. first of all that's transphobic to just assume that like to try and put trans women and men in a separate category then men and women um but also yeah. it's completely ignorant of like bisexual history <laughs> like it's just not true mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that that's that, that is really not talked about at all is the because mm-hmm. i mean bi obviously means two so people just do the two and that's why a lot of people mm-hmm. like being called pan instead and i get that but i just think mm-hmm. that there needs to be more representation of relationships that are queer in multiple aspects like not just sexuality but like gender Mm -hmm. I think that happens way more than people think it does um Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I fully agree yeah I think for like because being pan pan is like a micro label under the bisexual umbrella and I think one of the reasons that I identify more undermine pansexuality by the way it's Mm -hmm. just like I think one of the reasons I identify more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons I identify more with it is with pansexuality is because like, I see it as like, regardless of gender, although like that doesn't mean being bi isn't, but like, I can have a preference. That's how people separate them nowadays. Bi can have a preference. Pan is like, regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for me, I feel like I'm attracted to people just by their personality and like who they are and what they look like. And it has like absolutely nothing to do with what their gender is because frankly, I don't care. There also needs to be, I mean, this is, you know, I could talk about queer issues for hours, but mm-hmm. there needs to be a removal of genitalia in, in terms of like sexuality, because it's mm-hmm. not just like 
I like penis and vagina. Like, <laughs> I think that there's an issue with that because I think that a lot of the time, you know, um, I mean, there's so much transphobia in general in like straight culture and queer culture. It's just like, it's ridiculous. Like some people, you can have a genital preference, whatever. I think it's weird. Personally, I think that's weird. But, you know, you do you as yeah. long as you're not being transphobic about it. But mm-hmm. I think that too often there's like this division of like penis, vagina, and like in terms of like mm-hmm. man, woman. Um, mm-hmm. But men can have vaginas, women can have penises, uh, non binary people can have either. You can have a mixture. There's intersex people. Where's the intersex mm-hmm. representation? You know, I think that yeah. everything's boiled down to like the most simple terms and it's way more complex. And I know a ton about this because I've taken classes on this. So that's why there's so much going on anthropology in my head. Major. Yeah. Anthropology major here. Um, <laughs> there's just so much going on in my head when I talk about queer issues because it's just, mm-hmm. it's just so exciting to me. Like, ooh, example, a TikToker I follow, Adia, Adia, Adia. Um, she was talking to this guy for a while, and she met up with him and told him that she was trans, and he beat her up. Oh, I um, did see that video. And mm-hmm. everyone's blaming her, but it really like oh, she doesn't even have a penis anymore. First of all, and this whole idea, like we're going into trans issues just by accident right now but um I, I it just goes back it's like there's just so much obsession over like the genitalia I don't understand like it's really mm-hmm. disgusting to me because like your relationship yeah. doesn't have to purely be about sex or like mm-hmm. any of that and a lot of trans and non-binary people tend to not want to have sex because it's it messes with their head and their gender mm-hmm. that's just not mm-hmm. a lot but a decent amount so mm-hmm. it's just like also objectifying in my opinion and I feel like there's such an issue in the queer community with objectification and sexualization and as much as I love like the bimbo movement I think it's funny I think it's great I think that it partially does play into this like sexualization of queer people as just like sexual mm-hmm. beings who just want you fuck you know like yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's so much nuance around it and mm-hmm. I feel like I could make I could talk about so many different aspects of it but mm-hmm. I'm scared for this pride month changing topics but really? I'm nervous about it why there's been so much cultural division political division in the past year yeah I just think something's bound to happen um mm-hmm. and I I just I'm scared like because it was different yeah, I didn't year. really think about that but yeah in June, right. we couldn't really have pride parades and stuff and this year we mm-hmm. can and mm-hmm. I'm really scared of that because I don't know how certain people are going react to that um yeah i was thinking i've never been to a pride parade i don't know why i want to go this year so we should go to one yeah we should go yeah i want to go um but i was thinking about it the other day and i was like wow i've never really thought about like 
I've never really been like worried about that before. Yeah. I like being in danger because of my sexuality. I think what's scary is like with all the mm, cultural realization of the violent nature of the police, um, having police at pride is not something that anyone wants at all, especially because pride was started by black trans women. Yeah. And pride needs to be intersectional with others. Um, yeah, I fully agree. Social issues. So that's like, I'm, I'm just worried, to be honest, not necessarily for where we live, but like I, yeah. Boston, In general, Portland, no. Providence, Burlington, not Burlington as much, but you know, like the bigger cities, I'm New York, kind of DC, concerned. Yeah. DC, mm-hmm. especially. Yeah. I would not go to DC, Fred. Um, and isn't that so it probably sad? probably would be fun. I it, know. DC probably would probably so be so fun. DC sad. is such like a young, cool city. Yeah. I just think it's so sad that like you can't like you know people can have parades for all sorts of random things and not experience mm-hmm. violence or be scared. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't even know, like sports parades, those things can get pretty big and like wild. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's the epitome of straight culture is the freaking sports parade. Sports parades. Um, That's horrible. But as soon as you want to like have one parade to just celebrate the diversity of people and Mm -hmm. a group of people that has been marginalized and kicked down forever, Mm -hmm. people lose their crap. And it makes me sad. But also, to be honest, to close off this episode, I'm not a huge fan of Pride because it's been so commercialized and commodified and yeah. mm-hmm. um, abused by capitalism. Yeah. It does um, feel a little like not genuine. But I do, I mean, I think that the important thing this month is to try to avoid rainbow washing, avoid the capital nature of it all. And mm-hmm. just focus back onto like why it really was started. Stonewall mm-hmm. riots. Um, think of the people who led queer people's liberation, black trans women, mm-hmm. um, trans people mainly. Uh, that they don't get enough credit. It's, I feel like mm-hmm. white gay people usually try to take over Pride, too. But <laughs> yeah, I think there needs this Pride Month needs to be a time of, I guess, solidarity and reflection, especially with the continued violence against Asian people and black people in America. Just to be aware of the intersectionality of it. Yeah. That's why I got I I told everyone I ordered my prize flag. I got the progress prize flag with the black and brown. The library hung them all they hung up a bunch of pride flags and they have this whole like pride display up in front and then they have like a rainbow pride like they've got all these pride nonfiction books upstairs and they made them into a rainbow. It's so cute. That's so exciting. (laughs) Anyway. Yep, I think that's a good place to end this episode. Um, I think we're gonna make a few more episodes on this. If this was a little scattered, but yeah. No, I definitely feel like it's good to have conversations like this. And DM us if you want to talk. Um, anyway, yeah, we will be back next week <laughs> with another episode. Um, probably we'll do the one about gender. Um, yeah. All right. 
thanks for listening guys um <laughs> if you made it all the way here you're probably one of our best friends and if you're not dm us on instagram dm us and you can become one one. (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) bye guys bye